Hello, welcome to Yellow Pod Sessions, a show where I ask adults the questions my dad asked me as a kid. Um, today's guest is Anthony Nikolchev. Anthony Nikolchev is an actor, um, teacher at CalArts. He's a filmmaker. He's an artist, folks, um, and I mean that um, in a very positive way. He, he explores what it is to be an artist and all this stuff. Um, one thing before we get started, I want to mention, guys, I have a sponsor. What? That's cool. Um, so uh, we'll talk about it probably afterwards a little bit, but it's called Your V1, Y-O-U-R-V-O-N-E. Um, it's for, if you have an app idea, they'll help you make it. Um, it's a legal Zoom for native app building, and so it's worth checking out. Um, that being said, let's just listen to Anthony talk about colors. in our new house he's like we have this floor heater and it's been super cold so we want to use the heater you know like those old ones that are like grates in the floor right oh yeah and it's all metal underneath the like wherever the pipe goes and it makes this like noise every once in a while when it heats up when it kind of fires up and uh we were gone one day for like nine hours and the heat was on we came back and bosco was like in the corner somewhere and he was just like just wanted to kill us (laughs) he was like growling at us he was barking at us we didn't know why and then it took us like a few days to like put it together that every time we turned the heat on, he would like cower and disappear. <laughs> yeah. We're like, this is so nice. Yeah, we have no, a dude, house with the heat. heat. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. just sitting there in this new home, like hearing monsters under the floor. Yeah. Buckets has never been okay. Like I, when I've taken him camping, like it's where he really has a breakdown. Like he, and I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm the best dog owner yeah world like i'm taking you out to nature (laughs) like i'm taking you out to the coolest place like dude this is like wild like this is your element and he's just like well no no he's like there could be predators there are predators like anywhere around the corner so like we'll be hanging out and like people like he's nipping at anyone who comes by because he's curled around the fire looking around because he can't see like he can see 10 feet and then it's dark forest and he's like there are animals there could be animals right there and then when i have to put him in the tent I remember like the first time and pretty much last time I took him camping was like, all right, time to go to bed. I'm going to take him and put him in my tent. And like he would, he would not want to go in there. And so he just like took off and I'm like drunk. Like I've been drinking all night with my friends around a campfire and I'm like (laughs) stumbling into the woods and find him cowering and have to carry him through the woods and kind of throw him into the tent. And then I get in there and I'm like, okay, now that we're in and I've like zipped it up and like I'm in bed, he can see like everything's fine. And he laid on top of me, shake, like shaking all night. Jesus. I was like, I mean, it's amazing I tried, that he didn't know? just run away. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> well, then he got, I'm sure he got 10 feet in there. I was like, oh, ah. uh, everything, <laughs> everything. all the trees, like, Raw, you know? <laughs> it's just like cartoon nightmare. Yeah, exactly. I think that's essentially what my dog is, is a cartoon nightmare. <laughs> uh, so, how you doing, bud? I'm good. Can you believe that we're recording all of this? Well, it is quite the honor to be here. I have to tell you. I've been listening. I'm an avid listener. (laughs) Oh. I think it's fantastic what you're doing. Well, you write in so much. Well, (laughs) I'm nervous. I'm nervous. (laughs) I don't want to make it too public. No, I mean, you know my dad, so you have a... You, this is not, none of this is going to shock you. <laughs> In fact, I am going to close my eyes and imagine it's Dawn across the way from me, not you. <laughs> That's I'm, the best I'm, way to do it. I can believe Dawn would ask these questions to you all the time. But oh, yeah. Did he ever ask it to friends? 
No, I don't think so. It was like pretty private. Yeah, sharing. It was, and I think, and I was talking to him this last weekend because he was like answering questions that I've had when interviewing other people. People are like, "How often did he do it?" And he told me like last weekend, he's like, "It was about once a year." And I was like, "Oh man, I just don't buy that." It felt like it was every other week. So I'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) it's somewhere around two, three times a year. But he just did it forever, and now yeah. he's doing it with the grandkids. That's amazing. Did you look forward to it when you were a kid? When I was a little kid, for sure. Yeah, it was cool. But I, then it was like the years of like 15 to 18, where yeah. it was like, dude, I just want to like get to know you. And I was like, I, I'm like, what are you asking me? I don't want to talk about this. What's my favorite ice cream? Dude, ice cream's stupid. You know? like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like 16. Stop staring at me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going through puberty. Well, yeah, it's true. Exactly. It's true. I do have those thoughts. What am I not Stop doing that it. I wish I was? Having my voice crack. I don't know about books. Pitting and not knowing how to do, deal with it. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Maybe I should bring it, bring it to my 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 kid. You got to. It sounds like a great activity. Sound I got to learn from Don. I got to think about all the cool Don things. He was a of hit. There are. He was a hit amongst all of us. Oh yeah, Don, I mean Don was the ultimate like every friend wanted to be around yeah. him yeah. and as a family he's a great he's a great the best dad yeah he, and he's but he's, he's just he's a different he's just so he's different he's clearly just different yeah which is great yeah but also it's like we're all conditioned especially nowadays to like all behave a certain way and when one person doesn't it's like throws everyone off oh my you know? god <laughs> and you either I, gravitate I, to that or you run away from it you know i wonder how don would respond to all the online parenting and baby forums that i've been reading oh my god. There's like the di- the divide between how to raise your kid or not even raise your kid, like how to give birth, how to like take care of an infant, right? Is just just like vitriol between people. People are like you know destroying each other on these forums. <laughs> I mean, not not really. No, but no, like but it's the internet. The opinion is so like adamant about one way or another. And you just think like before these things, it was just, you know, yeah, Instincts. grandmothers and grandfathers right. would talk to you, but it was like a lot of intuition. Yeah, and which is, I think like the whole reason that we're here, it's probably just to have babies. So yeah. like, I you think we're it, like, like that's, it's in, it's in you <laughs> yeah. somewhere. So yeah. like, it's, it's like, I always, someone was, or Victoria, like uh, a guy hit her up, a friend of hers, because he's, they're also pregnant. And he was like, hey, I, I, you know, you're just such a well-adjusted, like awesome girl and I'm going to have a girl. And what did your dad do? Or how did he blah, 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 blah. And she's trying to give advice and it's sweet. And I was like, honestly, the fact that he's like asking that question, like he's going to be fine. Yeah. Cause like, he obviously cares. Right. So as long as you care and like you want to be good, like they're, you're instinctually going to take over and be a, a, a good dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it we're that's, we, that's I think that's the whole point of us. Totally, <laughs> you and know? and you know the <clears throat> correlation between being like a good parent and the kid turning out okay. I don't think is like direct. No. I don't think it's like there's too many influences you know, everywhere. God, you you yeah. could be a great parent, your kid's horrible. Yeah, and you could be a complete disaster, and your kid's like, well, I gotta keep things together. Yeah, I know here. what I don't want to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you give you. All so I'm gonna try is... the latter. <laughs> But what you, you, do, you have to figure it out. What you do <laughs> is you take your family and you move to the middle of nowhere where there are no other influences. And then you got to be a good dad. Yeah. Or do what like the scientist experiment with kittens that I think Mr. Roizen told us about. Where it was like was that? they were raised in a box with vertical lines because that was their only influence. And the normal influence is the horizon, which is a horizontal line. Right. And so when the cats lived in this box for however long and they came out, 
they couldn't stand. I was like, they were just falling over. Yeah, they didn't have anything. They didn't have a reference point. Their like ear balance was totally off. <laughs> so, but yes, like, there is a way to make a contained I environment I just to like, totally like fuck up your kids. Like some scientists like trying to like cure cancer, and they walk by one room where all the scientists are giggling. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, God, I wish I had that job. Uh, like we're, we're seeing if we can make cats fall over. We can test this. <laughs> Yeah. Man, this cancer research is heavy. <laughs> Phil over there is making kittens tumble. <laughs> like we're not learning anything. <laughs> it's just to do that. Speaking of, I went on a weird YouTube black hole the other day where I ended up on the eyes that scallops have. Oh, you know, what? scallops? Yeah, sure. They have eyes. That's hard to believe. Because I just know them as little cylinders well, that you eat. Or where you go get gas. <laughs> but they... <laughs> They like have the shell that's closed and then they have like hundreds of eyes along their shell mouth. And they knew this apparently for hundreds of years, but to the scientists who can just figure things out nowadays, they have this like crazy new technology where you can like cryogenically freeze something or keep it like intact because they used to try to dissect the eyes and they'd like deflate every time they dissected them. Sure. Now they can freeze them and cut them and see inside. So they know that like, their eyes are like the most complex telescope that we have not even invented yet. Really? Yeah. So all they, hundreds of them? All hundreds of them. So, so scallops seeing, have this incredible... <laughs> talk about cartoon nightmare, <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> they're just staring into the ocean like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. This is a scallops. And I'm like, what can you do? Like you see the predator coming from miles away and you're a scallop. So you're like, you're not getting away. You're just like, oh, that, that one's going to get me. Like, you know, like, oh boy. Fuck. I got these eyes, but they didn't even get me fucking legs. In about four days, that thing's going to be here. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would trade exactly. 98 four of my days eyes. of terror. <laughs> I will trade 98 of my eyes for two legs. Just give me just, a fucking baseball bat. <laughs> one scalp with two googly eyes that just pops up on legs and just takes off running. Peace. <laughs> But yeah, that's just a little much. They're watching worms like those motherfuckers. They don't have <laughs> eyes, but they can fucking move. <laughs> God, yeah, what a weird creation. God got weird on that one. Yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely those animals like cactuses. Like well, They've got eyes. an amazing defense. But they, you know, they can't move either. <laughs> yeah. Like, what if they could not, move? Yeah, that'd I be guess, horrible. I guess We'd all be <laughs> fucked. <laughs> if cactuses could move, that'd be it. You're just walking in the desert and just get sideswiped by a fucking like mallet with spikes on it. God. Yeah. Well, I guess it, it depends if cactuses were just assholes too. Then That's that, true. That would really suck. Or if they tried to hug you. <laughs> yeah, they're really nice. No, no. no, please. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> All right, well, Anthony Nikolchev, um, I guess I should tell people who you, what you do, who you are. You, um, I'm having you on specifically because we have a film. Yeah, boy, that's coming out—a short film. And uh, I'll talk more about this at the end of the at the end of the pod. Um, mm. But it's going to be premiering at a film festival up north. Yes, yes. What's yes. it called? Promo. Uh, the Cinequest. Cinequest. Festival of film and creativity. Yeah, so I'll, I'll put more information about that later for people to come check out. But you do all kinds of acting stuff. I guess. You've done all kinds of it. You, you're a teacher at CalArts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'd say that your your focus would be, I mean, to put it very generally, be like physical theater. Mm, yes, in terms of what I teach at CalArts. Right. Yeah. It's sort of like I fell into that niche, you know, where 
you're in this crazy field that's acting and everyone wants to do it and there's so much competition that like you just end up getting like diverted and diverted and diverted until you find something that like very few people do yeah and so you can be you can be good at it what's cool have you done sleep no more in new york uh-huh yeah i just i just saw it oh for the first time yeah oh cool Fucking cool yeah and i was thinking i was like that's something that like it could be your world and like all the interactions they have with two guys I don't oh know yeah the same thing where they're just like flying off the walls on each other yeah totally all without speech it's absolutely so cool. absolutely we uh so the... instead of like similar to the one you did in la mm-hmm I can't remember the name of that show. The Day Shall Declare It. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and that was co-directed by uh, this woman, Annie Saunders, and Sophie Bortolucci. And Sophie was the original creator of the Lady Macbeth role oh, really? in Sleep No More. Oh, So she works cool. with Punch Drunk a lot. Cool. And so when we did The Day Shall Declare It first, which we did in London, she was running a show in London, too, with Punch Drunk called The Drowned Man. And so... Right. It is. It's like this hybrid between dance and theater, which really is sort of like where a lot of live performance uh, that we were around when we were in Europe was, was heading, where it's yeah. just like as a performer, it's like you're no longer one or the other. Or if you can do kind of steal from the other, you're a little bit more versatile. And it makes yeah. live performance exciting that way because sure. the movement is like super dynamic and and athletic, and that's kind of what brought me into it in the first place. Yeah, that was cool about <clears throat> Sleep No More, and for people who haven't seen it, it's, it's hard to explain. I won't take too much time, but it's essentially, a th- I just walked away being like, that was a theater experience, where it's essentially the set is five stories of a hotel in which you explore, and there's theater going on around you. And it's like dark and ominous music and incredible detail in the set, and yeah. just opening drawers and finding stuff about, you know, this it'll be like Lady Macbeth is the patient and here's my write-up on her like because you're in some doctor's office. But it's anyway, yeah. hugely immersive, very cool um, thing that I, if you're in New York, you just got to do it. It's yeah. incredible. And the masks make it really Oh, cool. yeah. Everyone's wearing masquerade, essential at masks, and you're not allowed to talk. So it's just like silent and all of a sudden an actor will walk by you and you say, like, oh, shit, and you'll follow that. But yeah. oh, It was so cool. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so that, otherwise you're, do, you're, you're an actor. You're in L.A. You're doing, totally. You're doing the acting thing. Totally. Um, yeah, I got to yeah. remind my students sometimes that, you know, I'm not just some weird movement guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like we want to not end up in an, uh, a sprocket skit. <laughs> <laughs> Could do worse. Sprockets are okay, pretty good. Mike Myers. Sprockets, so we dance. <laughs> <laughs> he already did that. So, you know, uh-huh. we got to find something else. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, what do you say we get into some questions here, Tony? Blues? Yeah, man. I'm so psyched me too and i've known anthony full disclosure since i don't know second grade uh yeah i think i I moved to your school in second grade yeah and then you know didn't really have any friends until i bombarded you in fourth grade and then was like i just want to be friends with clay (laughs) every this is to all the listeners everyone wanted to be friends with clay so it was a lot of work no big deal yeah no and like he had a trampoline Look at you now. <laughs> clay had a trampoline and a hot tub and video games and a basketball hoop <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it uh yeah so and what i'm excited about this is to still learn more about you oh man i'm gonna like pretend like we're at a sleepover Okay. Is that gonna, that's going to be easier for me. We'll get an NFLopoly out and Bert. <laughs> yes. Let's just leave it at Bert. Yeah. <laughs> he was weird. That's a mystery. Uh, <laughs> all right. Tony Baloney. Just imagine those floppy legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
god or that like priceless peewee antique doll that, <laughs> that we just like, that we launched from 15 stories up <laughs> we never grew out of because like 10 years later we were doing it with the uh little plastic skeleton doll <laughs> <laughs> i saw that you still find that peewee doll and like you pull the cord and it's like instead of, it used to be like <laughs> now you pull it and it's like <laughs> <laughs> like he's it's actually like, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. the the character in Men in Black. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. <laughs> Sugar, <laughs> water. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, Pee Wee doll. Yeah, instead of being like, I know you are. What am I? <laughs> why did you? Uh, why did you, you done to me? <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Not unlike. <laughs> kind of a moment of Pee Wee's career, which we love. Yes. But there was a, we might have had a hex doll that we didn't Honestly, realize. And what's it? <laughs> it was about the same time. <laughs> it's amazing, though. It's like if he did that now, it wouldn't be a big deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> at least he's by First himself. <laughs> yeah, he paid. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, um, let's go to your yellow pod session session. Anthony. Sweet. What's your favorite color? Ooh. I was going to jump to blue. Blue and orange, I went between the two, but oh. I think I've ended up on blue. Okay. Um, it's just great. You yeah, know, you just soothing. feel good. You feel good. Uh, blue is interesting, though. Who was saying that? Oh, that uh, Hannah Gath- Gadsby, that stand-up comedian who did this Netflix show. No. She was just it's great. It's a great um, special. Um, but she was talking about blue and baby colors like the gender of baby colors and how just blue is crazy because it can be like blue skies ahead or like I'm feeling blue or like out of the blue or like a blueprint and it's like she just really like laid it out and you're like fuck you're right (laughs) blue is a lot yeah yeah nice she was just like get the babies out of the color blankets (laughs) (laughs) yeah well blue is crazy yeah so there it goes. Good answer. Start thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your number one goal? Oh, God. You go from like. <laughs> now we're getting to the serious stuff. Uh, we'll jump in and out of this one. Whoa. Number one goal? Your number one goal. Man, I mean, I guess you just start thinking that like life is a certain amount of time and so you want to enjoy it as best as you can, but like enjoy it in a way that's challenging and rewarding and give yourself sort of goalposts that you strive for. And then if they're a little bit out of reach, you kind of find a lot of cool stuff on the way. Yeah. So just to like not get complacent and not just get like in one space Yeah. for, you know, for whatever I define that as, because everyone kind of has their own version of what is like a rewarding life, you know? And for sure. I just want to kind of keep my, but it does make me a little like antsy at times, which probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everyone. I mean, life is stressful, but if I think enjoying life, finding your your way to do that, and it's also tough. And I imagine like you're experiencing this specifically now with a baby on the way. Is like, okay, I want to enjoy life, but like it's not just my life anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. How do I enjoy my life while providing like one? Totally. You know. Totally. So I'm sure that shifts. Yeah, those goals and shifts those markers and like adjusts tons and tons of stuff. Yeah. Well, the question of providing for someone too is like something I just don't really know. You right. know, it's like 
luckily I, I have this wonderful job where I can feel pretty secure and do what I love in a way that's, you know, challenging me, but also like, I know that with the kid, we're not going to knock on wood, have to like look for a job every month. Right. But, um, <clears throat> like, you know, what I'm used to as an actor. Um, but the idea of having to communicate with this new baby, this new person is really exciting for me because I'm excited to learn from their like completely oh, yeah. new perspective on things. Oh yeah. Um, which is also sort of what like drives me in my life as a performer and like a creator of, of like stories for theater or film or whatever, just sure. figuring out ways to like look at an issue and then kind of look at it from a different side. And now we like have an open dialogue about something. It's not like, this is what it is and I'm gonna tell you about it. It's like, <laughs> this baby's gonna fucking reform everything I think. Yeah, and then and then this teenager is gonna, oh, it's gonna kill you. <laughs> I just think of myself in like size like 38 waist, like Jinkos, whatever those pants were called, and a, a chain necklace and bleached hair, and like yelling at my mom in the car for like no reason because she wanted to listen to K-Fog and I wanted to listen to like like Eminem. 105. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carl and I were talking about that. Our oh, other friend God. Carl, we were in New York. We were talking about you having a baby and just being like, yeah, like <laughs> at some point your parents are just going to be like laughing when you're like, God, this kid's driving me crazy. They're going to be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, a little side note on Carl and Clay and our friendship and being teenagers. There was definitely a time when like we all would get in trouble with everything all the time and oh, yeah. our, my parents were just like you know trying to figure out ways that we would not hang out <laughs> you know it's like go to carl's house you're gonna get in trouble you go to clay's house you're gonna sneak out go to anthony's house like you're gonna get in a huge argument with his parents <laughs> go to ladera wreck <laughs> so i look forward to that yeah it'll happen it'll be great all right, well, let's take it. We can, you know, we're gonna chill out, get off the goal thing, nice, the seriousness. Nice, we're gonna thanks. hit it with what's your favorite vacation place? Oh man, I love vacations. <laughs> <laughs> I love traveling. Yeah, I just you I are just, well, you are my most well-traveled friend. That is know. for sure. Well, it was a period when I got out of college, and after a year in Chicago, I was like, I don't need to stay in one place right now. Bought a one-way ticket to Poland on a whim that was as as yeah. one does <laughs> we just, all dream of just saying many, screw it and going to poland <laughs> i mean how many advertisements for my travel God. to poland can you see before you just buy that ticket i used to stare out the window when i was doing my practice sat thinking one day i'll buy that one-way ticket to Wrocław, poland <laughs> and just hang out no. by the by the what was the, philo the big no, no. philosopher with giant feet park oh there's like some philosopher some figure that's like Man, I remember Google imaging. You're right. You told me about that. I remember you told me about that when I was there and I hadn't seen it. And I think I saw it after that, but now I don't remember. It was probably like Copernicus or something. Yeah, something, something like that. Copernicus, like Loved a lot Poland. of Polish stories, is like apparently was born in Poland, and but like left. did everything in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> they also tried to claim Columbus, which All might right. be true. All or right, not. Poland. All right. I love Poles. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> No, um, Poland was great, but traveling just kind of started me on this way of just being super excited to be, you know, uh, you go to Poland and or somewhere else. And for example, the key turns differently in the lock. Like when you go to your house and turn your key, you have to turn the other way. Uh -huh. uh, and 
it's just these little things that get you out of like your autopilot mode right. and you're kind of like awake. And so like walking down the street, you're looking at the cobblestones like this looks different or like yeah. the street signs look different and everything kind of turns you on. Suddenly you're the kitten out of the box with vertical lines. Exactly. And so it's kind of like a cheat, you know, it's like yeah. a, it's like a life hack. It's like if you're bored with your life, just like go somewhere new and everything's and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but of course it comes with a lot of like insecurities and challenges in the beginning. You're like a tourist and it's great. Everything's on the surface, but then you start to like be there for longer and you're like, Oh, it's life again. And then do you worry about things like healthcare and figuring out right. like a real job and stuff? And then it starts to become a regular life. Right. Um, but that's a tangent to just, kind of buy time before I figure out where my favorite vacation spot was. <laughs> well, and the thing is, it, the, it's a favorite vacation spot is because, again, you'll do this multiple times. So, like, and answers will change. Mm. So, like, right now, what's your favorite vacation place? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, actually, my wife is from the southeast of Spain. That's true. From near That's true. the, like, in the community of Alicante. Um, and her little town is called Torrevieja. And that's where uh, they're on the coast. They also have a city house that's in Orihuela. And it's all really beautiful. And it's great. And having the family around, that's just like so... She has a huge family. They right. all kind of live close to each other. So they always, you know, are having big family dinners or lunches. And, you know, you just see people everywhere. And the quality of life and the food in Spain and the pace and the climate, everything's really great. Yeah. So, like, if I had to choose a place to just go for a month or something, yeah, I think it would be down to that like to Spain the southeast of yeah. Spain and then traveling throughout Spain um, but I guess I'm biased <laughs> I want to go sometime when you guys go so I can tag along definitely and experience it yeah I mean people go we've had friends go and stay in Hema's apartment because she Airbnbs her apartment that's there oh, like her cool. family has these like it's very normal in Spain to just have like uh, small apartments on the coast and then your city house right and I mean, during the crisis and recently, you could buy an apartment in Spain for like 30,000 euro, wow. which was crazy. I mean, they're not like on the coast, but, but there yeah. was, you know, I just they overbuilt everything. Uh, that's just to say that, like, you know, a lot of people were buying things down there and living down there. And so there are these places that Hemma's family has. And so if you ever want to go, there you go. This doesn't apply to everyone listening to the podcast. <laughs> so <if laughs> there's an Airbnb to, link for so everyone if you else. Go to, uh, if you want to go to Spain, hit me up at Clay at Yellow Pod Sessions. Mm -hmm. uh, rate, review, and send me your date, and I'll get you hooked up in Spain. Yeah, it depends how many views you get, Clay. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> or right. listens. Yeah, yeah, views. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll keep it light. What um, What's your number two goal? Oh, God. <laughs> I thought I like, had to weed out to get to the top one. What did I forget? <laughs> um, number two goal, you know, I would love to have a enough control of my creative career where I'm like able to make great new stuff, like new film stories, new theater stories, be cast in really exciting projects by people who I really would love to work with. There are yeah. like people who are beyond my career now who I'm like admiring yeah. and there are people who are coming up with us and I see them like yes let's do something together yeah. and to have meaty roles as an actor and also be like in sometimes on the creative side of the you know creation sure and then with that kind of like creative output of pieces that travel or like you know tour with festivals and whatever have a space that sort of is the incubator for that and the space 
is not just like a theater center where you have, you know, different things happening, but really like an open, almost like warehouse type or barn type thing close to LA where we just set up a schedule where we're like, like training, experimenting, improvising, and sort of creating this like in the moment actor space because the actor I feel in LA specifically doesn't get the chance to really just like be somewhere for hours like yeah. fooling around. <laughs> yeah. It's always like I paid for this, I got to do this yeah. or I'm getting paid to do do this and I got to do this yeah. or these are the lines and I got to speak these lines. And right. the like collaborative creative kind of like anarchist punk rock star painter whatever experience doesn't really get to go to the yeah, actor. It doesn't really exist here. And it's funny too cuz like I've the a lot of the actors that I've had on this podcast, one of their answers, number one and number two goal, one of them is almost always some sort of this creative control. Mm. This kind of this ability to like not have to just like, again, be like, oh, I just got a script that I have to go do an audition for and it's terrible. And that's why I do. And if I book it, I, then I do this terrible, weird role mm. that I hate. And like, there's just no... We spent our whole lives do want to do acting because we want we love being in like plays and we love doing theater. We love directing ourselves in theater so we could do crazy cool interpretations and be different. And then like you get you shot into a world in LA where it's like so cookie cutter mm. and so basic and like it's really not about the actor or the acting at all. It's way more about like the director, the technology, the CGI, the right. like that experience. And like creating this like package for a consumer. Yeah, and, and it's and, like and a weird. Totally, a lot of the time you're vibe. you're put into a box before you get into the room. They're like they're yeah. trying to fit that box. Yeah, they're trying to see if you fit into that. Yeah, it's creepy to go into audition room and see a bunch of people that look like you. You know, I know. <laughs> it's, like, it's oh, so shit. wild. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, so weird. Well, cross off being like a unique <laughs> individual. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to LA. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the idea that you are given you know, a script and you can stretch the parameters a little bit of what you're given. You know, you can like it, the more roles you get, the more space you get to kind of create a little bit more of your interpretation. And yeah. that's great. But even still, it's like it's a short period and it's pretty much in the service of getting this production done. Right. But I think there needs to be a space where we just say we're training. And, you know, it's like this thing that I don't think is what it is but there's like the thing called the actor's gym i don't know if it's a studio or something but like it's a little bit of that or like it's more like the actor's playground or just like sure. the act the actor's like uh you know metaphysical existential abyss <laughs> so like throw yourself into <laughs> that's this what you should call it crazy <laughs> yeah space. but that's i think that's important to so also it's because like i think that that and that the non-actors are probably listening to this being rolling their eyes but like oh, I, yeah, oh my god dude just you need to go play harder <laughs> that's essentially i think what it is like you need to like work that muscle of mm. like imagining and like just being able to like play and i don't know there needs to be a space to be able to like flex that muscle and to and to do that yeah that's, that's because important. the thing is when you're going on stage or you're making a film you're basically creating a little space in the universe where you can do something new and different. Like you right. don't have to just recreate what already exists outside because what already exists outside is like super cool, super nuanced, super specific, and it's great. It's very realistic. Right. It's a cool challenge to be able to recreate that in a film or a play, which is like maybe like a photorealist painting. But it's also great to think that like for these two hours in this space, we're basically like able to reform and redesign and challenge everything right. we think 
that life is supposed to be. Yeah, and be more like a Pollock. And that, yeah, and that just like triggers <laughs> like some crazy discussions. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's to meet people that way and, you know, so create would, dialogue that way. So would your goal to be to create that space? Mm, yes. Cool. Yes. And I've actually put some feelers out. Have you? In the new area that I, I just moved to up in the northeast of, it's like just outside of Eagle Rock, up north near, um, well, Montrose is where we moved, but yeah. the northeastern uh, San Fernando Valley area, Tahunga, super cool area, uh-huh. super beautiful at the base of like the Los Angeles National Forest Mountains. Tight. Um, it's crazy it's when you start so driving up beautiful. there. Beautiful. Yeah. And with this Pretty weather, shocking. it's been incredible. Oh, yeah. The fog Everything's and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great, and it will last for about a, a month. Yeah. But it's been crazy. And it's like thirty minutes away from yeah. here. Yeah. You know? Not bad. Cool, man. Um. Well, here's a good one. Who's your favorite weird person? Ooh, I love weird people. <laughs> um, there's like different probably tiers of them. I love Willem Dafoe for like a contemporary right. version of that. Um, I love this very obscure reference. There's this Polish crazy like 20th century Polish writer, artist, and playwright philosopher named Stanislav Ignacy Witkiewicz. <laughs> Short, yeah. shortened name is Vitkatsi, and he is out of control. He's so great and so pained in his like desire to be a creative voice for the world, and also just as an artist, like he just pra- like processes the world as an artist in a way that it's not, it's not to make some kind of like product and say this is what it is. It's like this is really how he like survives every day to like right. think about. The fact that we make art to be in dialogue with the fact that we are in this really unknown like space. We're on a rock catapulting through space. This doesn't make sense. Right. And so like religion <laughs> and everything is like rooted in like people building like sculptures and statues and churches that are all just like trying to be in dialogue with that unknown. Right. And for him, that's what art is. It doesn't have to be re- religious. But it's spiritual in a way. It's spiritual and it's processing. Right. I think it's just like human processing. Right. And right, that, right, right. but that's like staring into this very scary space <laughs> where you're like, yeah, you're just meat and bones and flesh that could like, you're like material that could just disintegrate in any moment yeah but he's made amazing stuff and then he would like be like yeah but the institute or the institution of art is too or too uh, commercial so you know what i'm just gonna do it like you want me to and i'm gonna open up this portrait painting firm and these are the ways that i'm gonna paint portraits for you and there's this one which is like i'll make you look prettier than you are this one i'm gonna make you look uglier than you are this one i'm gonna do a bunch of drugs and experiment what it's like to paint you on a bunch of drugs and you can pay me like this much money for each of those and that's it I'm not going to like invent things for you. Yeah. You know? I'll just play in your system. And, is, and it, you say it's Vitkatsi? Yeah. W-I-T-K-A-C-Y. I was actually kind of close there. This dude is the best of the weirdest. <laughs> I love that. That's also the best of the weirdest. I love that. It did make me just think of like, because my head works in cartoons, but I just like pictured like, because we all are all just on this rock, just flying through nothingness totally. and just picturing just like a big <laughs> earth flying by, just like, <laughs> that's, totally. like <laughs> that's all it is. It's totally that. Letting it in. then you're done. <laughs> Blip. We're all it's just like, like that, that like walls. little explosion when Wiley e. Coyote falls from somewhere really far yeah. and it's just. 
Well, even if we're flying on this rock, I'm glad we created Wiley Coyote. It's true. And <laughs> that's like the other thing was like yeah. all of the shit that we make yeah. to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wiley Coyote Roadrunner. It helps me cope. All of it. Dis- like, Mickey Mouse, you know? Clothes. Disneyland. <laughs> like Disneyland where all these like scare us to death roller coasters just to like. Hey, but that's <laughs> actually like what Vidkatsi says. He's like, I create artificial. I use narcotics to create artificial mystery and artificial beauty right. because I no longer know what it's like to really be in dialogue with that metaphysical craziness right. because the world has kind of like softened that feeling because we're afraid of it. And so we right. want to go into more comfort. Right. And so every once in a while we'll like do drugs or go on a roller coaster or whatever to like snap us out of it right. or like play shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, he said, play shoulders. That's right. <laughs> Punch each other. Any, any, any of the listeners know what shoulders is? <laughs> it's where you take turns punching each other in the shoulder. And <laughs> I don't know how you do. You lose just by by being like, "Ow." I think so. Being like, <laughs> I, I don't want to be play. punched again. <laughs> or as Henry Ward played it, break, break his it. knuckle. <laughs> I think that was in the first punch. My master told me never to punch that way. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Henry. I love Henry. I miss Henry. Uh, I do too. <laughs> okay. What is your uh, favorite book? Mm, I love books. Um, there's a lot of writers that I kind of like surrounded myself with as I kind of went out of college uh, because it was like I need something to give me structure. Yeah. And they're mostly fiction. Um, I like literature, but I would say like in the spirit of choosing one book right now, I, uh, God, that's, that's hard. Okay. Oh man. (laughs) I'm just going to say the writers and maybe the book will show up. Um, I love Roberto Bolaño. He was a Chilean writer that wrote, I read um, really the only full novel, like big novel of his that I read was 2666, which is incredible because it's broken into different books and it's really dark, but it's also like darkly funny. He has this great kind of ironic sense of attacking like the art world a little bit or like this very niche academic circle of people who are just obsessed with this one um, I think he's a writer now, a uh, writer or a painter. I think he's a writer that they're just obsessed with, but like no one knows who he is, no one knows where he is, and there's three academics who are kind of like battling like who knows him better. Oh, weird. Which is so funny because it's just like coming out of college, you just like have these arguments or these papers or these things that you'd read or, or you'd hear about academics who would just make their specialty in something so obscure because yeah. like <laughs> yeah. no one else yeah. it's kind of so, like me they working the, in movement they are they can be the foremost expert <laughs> exactly yeah. it's like well you don't know what i'm talking about right <laughs> <laughs> but so they have this battle and then there's just like this jump to northern mexico where all these women are disappearing from being murdered and raped and there's a part of the book that is just story at like paragraph after paragraph of women how they were found and who they were for like i'm trying to remember now but i I think it's somewhere around like 100 pages of just that it's like an experimental novel in that way where it's just like there's a side this is like a divergent path where all of a sudden just goes bop 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 and it's just so brutal but you also get desensitized to it right you know um so that was just that was kind of a mind-bending novel um and then I've read some of his smaller stuff. 
that I'd like too. Um, but then I love Charles Bukowski. I kind of grew up mm -hmm. getting excited about literature that way. And I know he's a controversial figure, but like I went from like Ernest Hemingway to Charles Bukowski in those like young teenage male days yeah. that I love still. Yeah. And um, Bukowski has a, there's an anthology that's called Run With The Hunted that follows his writing in a chronological way to what he's writing about, not when he wrote it. Right. So it kind of gives you like a bio of him through, because he would always write, he'd work these like weird, crazy jobs and then write uh, something, send it to something to get somewhere to get published. And then he'd get kicked out of his house or like lose his job or like right. not be there. So we wouldn't know that things would get published sometimes. And so there's all this stuff around. So his, his editor after Charles Bukowski died, put together as much as he could Chronolog taking yeah. excerpts. And it's really That's an cool. amazing way because it goes through his short stories, some autobiographical stuff and some poetry. Cool. Um, and then I love Dostoevsky and mm. I love- Challenging, I always yeah. find Dostoevsky quite pretty challenging read, but amazing. Well, the the novel that got Russian me in- I Russian literature class in, at USC. Yeah, what'd you read? I love Russian literature. Uh, a lot of Dostoevsky is what I remember. It was also crunched into a summer session. So oh. like I would have to like pull up everything. It was like summer in LA is not the time to read Russian oh, literature. <laughs> you need to be in like an ice tundra yeah, with like the, trees that have right. no leaves and black crows everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like nuclear fallout around you. Yeah, which is <laughs> great. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, feed in me. Yeah, vodka, bring Give me the vodka. Yeah, he was like an old Russian man. He, he was, he was great. intense. Oh, but the notes from the underground was the book that mm -hmm. kind of got me in the novella. That really just is like, yeah. it's really relatable. I mean, what's amazing is just how psychological he is and how much the characters are like, yeah, I still think that way. I mean, yeah. it's like Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, and I know that he was very influenced by Shakespeare and they say that Dostoevsky influenced Freud in like psychoanalysis. Like really? he was like I get, I can the see forefather that. of like psychological yeah, analysis in a way. That's interesting. Which is incredible. Yeah. I, I, that's what I, what I remember about that was the, I remember the kind of very similar, like the characters being so, very human yeah and just like nuanced in a very specific way that was just like uh-huh yeah i mean and like there's a book a short story called the double and there's a scene in it that's just like straight out of uh, curb your enthusiasm <laughs> where like a guy's not invited to a party that everyone else is invited to and he's like so upset that he's not invited to it he's like a worker in this office that like people just don't really acknowledge him and he goes to the goes to the front door doesn't get let in and it's like super embarrassing because he's acting like he should be there and they're like why are you here go away and he leaves and he decides to come back halfway through goes around the back ends up in the kitchen like runs in and is like in the middle of this party where everyone's just uncomfortable because they know he's not supposed to be there and he's like made such a big effort to be there and and they try to like accept it and yeah. then he just keeps putting his foot in his mouth <laughs> but it is, it's just like this like neurosis larry david if you're listening <laughs> adapt the double <laughs> <laughs> he's fine and he's not listening but it, but that story is like <laughs> reminds me of when we were with your brothers in hawaii and i was like oh, i leave <laughs> And then I decide halfway through, halfway like going back to see you guys that like I should go back and like talk to this girl. Yeah. So this Anthony, <laughs> when we were 16, 15, 16, something like that, well, he came with my family on a trip to Hawaii in which we befriended some like college age 
people. My brothers were about the same age, and this girl was a girl went to like Chico. Yeah, and you like we were like fourteen. And we were drinking for like the first time. Oh uh, yeah, I was getting like drunk for the first time, and yeah, you you took a liking to this girl. Well, I was like my, mean, my drunk ass brother was like, you're like, like, should I go talk your to her? My brother's like, uh-huh. <laughs> Oh yeah, she likes you for sure. You're 14. She loves you. Oh my god. And you, as the story goes, she went back to her place with her friend or her sister or something. Yeah. And they're like, we walked them there and they left and they're like, you should go talk to her. So I like knocked on the door. Your brothers and you left. We're gone. And I was just there. She opened the door and she was like, hey. And I was like, hi, um, what are you doing? And she's like, well, probably gonna go to sleep. And I was like, sounds good. And I reached forward and kind of punch her a little bit on the shoulder like in a friendly way of like <laughs> well see you later and that was it <laughs> that's never, how I said goodbye never saw her again that's how I, I'm, I've done this a few times I had a horrible date in sh- girls no goodbye. no it's a soft punch I know it sounds bad a pun- it's not no, a, no, it's no, a no. It's like shoulder a, like out of like, like a, a like hey a, there a, tiger yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. like hit your nephew like, like i want to shake your hand or hug you or something and this is like the most uninvasive when way in to reality like touch you, you wanted to like make out with her and like it was like gonna yeah. see if she was into yeah. it yeah <laughs> <I just laughs> you myself. took all that sexual teen energy and punched her in the shoulder <laughs> and i think that was a respectable way to do it just, just not a not a strong punch correct you listened to her and you punched her lightly yeah i really it took me a long time to like get beyond being like i want to kiss this person Maybe I should just ask them if I could kiss them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really like how most of my game went for a long time. And sometimes you were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, score. <laughs> well, uh, it's always good to get a yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was your favorite book. <laughs> Stop asking me questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your favorite TV show? Non-cartoon. Ooh. God, it's hard because TV shows are so good right now that yeah, they, they just are. like jump in again and like take the place of the one you there thought of so before. Many. Um, so I just, you know, I, you know, I think about our classic shared loves. Sure. Like Saved by the Saved Bell. Saved by the Bell is classic. You know, but like I have the DVDs and I watch it again and I'm like, it's kind of hard to get See, through it. Sometimes. I love it because it's like when I had, I don't have cable anymore but when i did i, there I was just like, burped did it get I, mean, I, I hope recorded. so i hope okay. so sorry there's like late like late night local la would play say by the bell reruns from like two in the morning until like five and i just did a series They're recording royalties of that yeah it was just like so i I'd, yeah so i would just i had a recording so i could like watch them whenever and there was a while there in the fall when i was watching it and it was like such an incredible just like shot of nostalgia like yeah, it like it was just I knew every episode. Like as it was coming on, I knew what like I could I could say the lines with them because I was like, oh my god! Like I watched that show so hard. Yeah. when I was growing yeah. up. Yeah, so I mean it was, it was it was kind of pivotal. I wonder if it influenced the way that like we grew up. I mean like the way that we behaved. Probably. In our I mean up. I think some to some extent. I think uh, we're all a product of what we take it's in. It's crazy. I, mean, I think about that with years. kids again. You know, it's like Sesame Street is great. Yeah, Mr. But, like, Rogers. I don't know what else you can watch. You know? Um, Saved by the Bell, though, definitely holds a place. And likewise, In Living Color. I think yeah. In Living Color is that something that I attribute a lot of my introduction to comedy through. It's yeah. like In Living Color, 
Calvin and Hobbes and the far side. It's like, <laughs> that is what got me into God, appreciating humor. Such an interesting humor. combo. <laughs> such an interesting combo. And Living Color is so good. Though. It's the best. So good. And it's just made like the Millie Vanilli sketch where they just use mops. You know, I yeah. mean, it's like they just put shit together. And like compared to SNL, where it's like cool, but like SNL is like much more like production into Yo, it. Yeah. And and, and Living it was Color also was like, just like we're just gonna and make SNL was this. like NBC, so like and, and Living Color wasn't didn't have to like play by the same rules as major network, you know. Yeah. So they could like be a little like less PC. Like Men on Film is like one of the greatest, <sighs> you know. But it's like, like in a what, totally inappropriate. What would happen? Now? And this is a huge question. It's like, could this stuff fly? Like, what are we missing? And I mean, maybe they it tried could? to do a reboot and it didn't happen. Now, I'm sure that's not because of the humor and stuff. I'm sure there was just other contractual issues. But I just remember like the, I remember the sketch of Men on Film when Antoine. Uh-huh. Gets hit on the head and becomes, <laughs> and becomes straight. Oh, <laughs> and he's like, wearing his little hat. He's like, hey, man, I just want to do this. And he like, totally David Allen Greer. And then David Allen Greer like, drops oh, a brick on his that? head. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, my God. He goes out it's just, it's unbelievable. It's, I mean, every, like, Handyman. Venus Milo. I mean, like. Homie the Clown. Could you do, like, could, <laughs> uh, I suggest to anyone listening, go and start the, like, most risque sketch comedy. We need right. that. Well, and it was also, like, important because it was off, also, though. like, because SNL is also, like, so very white. Yeah. That Living Color was such a great, like, like black person option. Like, you yeah. know, like, that was, like, it was the of uh, the weigh-ins and yeah. every weigh-ins. And so the humor was, like, different. And it right. was more, like mainstream in that and it was like major black culture and yeah. so like it's it was also like so different i felt and i was like a young white kid in like a right. white town i was like i love this and it was like it was just different it's good i mean and it's, it's important. so it's so important exactly to have like this influence coming from another source rather than just yeah. you know w- whatever kind of the mainstream is giving us and it reminded me a little bit of when we like when we went to MA or public high school, we would have these like fashion shows or variety mm-hmm. shows in like in the big J building common room, whatever the, the the hall. And it was like that, like now there's the dance number. Like now there's like this like Keenan Ivory Waynes would come out and not do a monologue yeah. to like impress people. He'd just be like, I'm so happy to have everyone here. We have a great show. Like this the is so girls. great. These are my friends. These are my family. Yeah. And it's just everyone was all love and generosity yeah. and just like not pretentious kind of look how cool we are yeah and i mean it, it was cool in a different way yeah yeah yeah, for sure no, that's a great one uh so in living color i'd say in living color this is really like sits yeah in, in that position and then there's like in great stuff like, i love barry Barry. <laughs> i only watched like the first couple episodes but i just i mean i can't get enough oh it's so good bill Hader and what, what what's that guy's name um fawns no the guy who plays hank Anthony Car um, Carmichael? No, no, Anthony. Um, sorry if you're listening. I hope you're listening. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but his role of uh, Noho Hank yeah. is so good. And what's his name? I mean, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. But the guy uh, Henry Hank, Henry Wheeler or Winkler. Winkler, yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he got didn't he win? I, I think, think he won a Golden I, Globe. I think so. Something like that. That show is good, and it's it's made by um, Bill Hader and is is the guy's name Alec. Berg, yeah, who, Alex Berg, I think. Uh, yeah, who does also Silicon Valley? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that guy, man, Brilliant. I mean, he's just such a good. He's taking. He knows over. how to take stories and yeah. put like this like dark comedy mix yeah. so well together. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. Number ten, Anthony. Oh my god. What are you not doing that you wish you were? Mm, 
Um, uh, making sure that my car is not getting a ticket. No, yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, no on the side no, streets. No, no, I'm good. Um, what am I not doing that I wish I was? Or I, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess like my internal state of panic makes me get like very very busy so I don't have to think about this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. I mean, you know, there was a time like I when I graduated I moved to Chicago because I think Steppenwolf makes like some of the best sure. theater ever. Sure. In this like way that I also love, which is this really hardcore um there's cool. a flood warning. Emergency uh, alert. Emergency alert. Missing endangered person. Oh my gosh. I mean, I won't hate this because, you know, I guess it's important. That's important that we all got that. But well, I think just that. ruined my podcast. <laughs> if you're out um, there, just find the person. They're and calling. <laughs> <clears throat> Way to break my train of thought, missing person. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the. So I, I moved to Chicago and then I left and. I've, after a year I left and I was like I was doing some cool stuff in Chicago with theater and I had to make this choice to go follow this weird impulse to be like a traveling artist on tour with a show of my own in Europe where I didn't really know what I was going to do but I thought I'd figure some stuff out that could be cool but I gave up the idea of pushing as hard as I could in Chicago mm-hmm. right when I had like gotten to a really good place I had a great audition with the casting director and I got to know her really well and she continually would like write to me over the three years that I was gone to be like, are you around or here's a role, which was amazing. And I just was like, I, I, I know that there will be a time that I come back and work there. And when right. I got back to the States, she had one time even like gotten me an audition. I like flew back to Chicago and I didn't get it. Right. And then I came back to the States and I was like, I'm back. I'm ready. What's up? And she's like, you're literally writing me on my last day working here. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, so it's just, I don't know if it's Steppenwolf, but like that, like big meaty, uh, psychologically realistic role in a great theater. Yeah. I always love that. Yeah. And, and sometimes all these like little different kinds of projects kind of push you in different directions, but you miss out on that. Like, boom. Yeah. And yeah, where are yeah. those theaters that do that? That's like, you know, a question like, you know, it's, I think it's very specific, which theater. Yeah can can pull that off steppenwolf being one of them yeah that is for sure okay okay so i guess i have an actor's remorse inside of me i mean it's impossible not to there's so many there's endless directions you ask that question field. to an ask into an actor yeah, <laughs> You're like, like, you? oh shit yeah i mean <laughs> what whatever and if you had you done doing? that you would have <laughs> if you had gone that route we'd be sitting here and you'd be saying i wish i just followed my impulse to go to poland i know <laughs> yeah. that was eating me up since i was like a kid yeah <laughs> like again like everyone every little kid's dream to buy that one-way ticket to Vroslav. I live the dream. I live the dream. Am I saying it correctly? Uh, say it again. Vroslav. It's very good, and I do remember breaking it down for you. Yeah, I do. <laughs> there's a there's like a TZ sound to the C, Vroslav. Vroslav. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's it. Sick. High five. Like if for everyone listening, the W is a V, the R is an R, the O is it's an O. It's spelled raw claw. The C is like a T, <laughs> the L is a W, the A is an A, and the W is a V. And then the streets are cobblestone. It's crazy. <laughs> The keys turn the other way. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite food? Oh, I love I love good food, but like you, uh, you know, who doesn't love some good, good, good sushi? 
gosh, I mean, that's good. You know what I mean? That's good. What else do you need? What an answer. Just some good fucking sushi. God, were there, this is like the 40 years of like the history of the world where people actually are able to eat sushi. Yeah. Like my kid's not going to yeah. even know what the hell that is. Yeah. No. Sushi. It's incredible. <laughs> like that, cra- that fake crab stuff. Like, no, there was actually raw fish no, at some real. point. It was real. It was real. No, my little, uh, my niece is now like spoiled. She loves sushi. Mm, She's five. Nice. And we went out to like this restaurant the other day. It was like a really nice restaurant. Or not really. I mean, it was a, it was a nice restaurant. And she was like really upset because they didn't offer sushi. Was like so an she Italian was, so she wasn't, so she wasn't going to have anything. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> you're ready for Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, sushi's a, a tough answer because it is a very like bourgeois answer. But yeah, it's so damn it's so good. good. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, what's your favorite movie? <sighs> what's your favorite movie? Three Amigos. Oh, nice. <laughs> I kind of know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 like if I had to have one movie with me for the rest of life, that just is it. Nice. nice. Do you have it? Oh, yeah, I have it on Blu-ray and DVD, and I don't own, I think, a Blu-ray or a DVD player. <laughs> Welcome to the future. you got to get on a zip drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Implanted just, like, in film. my brain. Just get it back on film. Yeah, that's exactly, 35 millimeter. <laughs> Bang. Uh, that's a great movie. Mm, you know, pi- uh, pivotal movies that were great, because I love movies. You know, there's so many good movies, and you could, you could really go to, like, important classics, but... Ace Ventura blew my mind. Ace Ventura still blows my mind. When was the last time you saw it? Probably a while ago. Rewatch it? Yeah. He's fucking crazy. Oh, I love it. Like, that guy. he is like, Ugh. Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura is a fucking clown. Let's just say right now, thank you, world, for Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. Like, everything you're doing now, too, is just so great. There's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt he's difficult, a difficult person, because I don't think you have to be when you're that, like, I mean, crazy. But, like, he predicted Ace everything Ventura, in his life. When he's <laughs> breaking into the to what he thinks is the dolphin <laughs> tank, and he's just like on flat ground, it's and he's so going good. against it, and then he like hangs from the doorway for no reason and jumps in, and you're just like, what the fuck? It's crazy. So good. So good. I mean, what an actor. Crazy. Everything from In Living Color. I mean, that's why I oh, guess yeah. we have when to When he was James say, Carey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, just falling on the floor. How he falls oh. on the floor. How he tucks his lip up into his teeth. I mean, everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a physical just. He's insane. And I love like and interviews when he's talking about how he would just sit in front of the mirror and do all these crazy faces and just study himself doing them forever. Yeah. I so love it's like, it. It's crazy. He's I love just, it. He's a clown. I love it. He is the mo- the modern clown. And he's just, it's, but he's also, and like that, like a clown, he's just like also so heartfelt and so like real. <laughs> like, yeah. He's always like as a clown, like a sh- almost like Shakespeare clown where it's like he's the smartest person in the room. You know? Yeah. He sees and the world yeah, and he's, he's, just, he's pained. Yeah. But there, there, you know, there's something brilliant about how he can play what you think and then have this inner state also kind of like commenting on it, which I think got him to the state of like the Truman show. Yeah. And this other movie, which was cool called I love you, Philip Morris with, Oh yeah. With I didn't see that, Ewan but I heard McGregor. it was good. Yeah. Cause he's plays a con man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. Cause it's like Jim Carrey, like in this fake state always, but also sometimes you don't know if he's lying. Right. Oh, it's so good. And then eternal sunshine, of course. Like he's just really good. Yeah. Yeah. So that movie Ace Ventura is a comedy Benchmark for me and great film, and then 
Dancer in the Dark. Oh my me. god, dude! That movie. And those are I know those are my favorite movies because I have like VHS tapes of it. I have those two, and I have Kentucky Fried Movie. I, um, yeah, there you go. That's fantastic as well. I remember watching Dancer in the Dark. I remember uh, hanging out with Megan Keeley. Oh, when we were man. in high school. Oh, man. And I brought a movie over to her place, and we were watching a movie, and you know, we were always friends, and I think there was a part of me that like, like, liked totally. her. Totally. You know? There was something. And there was something, and, and I brought that movie to like watch, and like I had just didn't, I hadn't, I don't think I had seen it. And like by the end of the movie, like it is, it's devastating. If you've never seen it, it's with York, and she's fantastic, and it's a musical, but it's about this woman on essentially on death row, and oh, and like the immigrant. end of it, the end of it is devastating. And like, so I'm just like with this girl that I'm like into, and she is bawling her eyes out, like uncontrollable it's, sobs, which is what the movie is. And I'm just like, what have I done? Why didn't I bring over Three Amigos? Why didn't, yeah. I, why didn't I bring over the heaviest, <laughs> darkest, saddest movie ever? Like oh afterwards, God. her eyes are all puffy, and I'm just like, all right, I guess I'll go home. She's like, yeah, you sh- should probably go home. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm way too <laughs> young to know how to comfort women. people. I am not good with women. <laughs> Well, that, that answers my question, which was, good date movie or not a good date movie? Yeah, dancer. Well, it says a lot about the person if it's a good one. I think Megan Keeley should remember that moment. I bet. And, re- and there might be a way you... where I, yeah, I'm sure it's like if I were to redo it, I could be like, we just ha- had an experience together. It's all positive. And before you could be like, there's a trigger warning in this. Yeah. <laughs> just to get ready. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's got Bjork. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I watched it unknowing really what it was with my mom on yeah. television. It's and on, on Sundance Channel, so it wasn't edited. And the ending that oh, yeah. hits you so hard oh. was just uh-huh. it was just like blew us away. I mean, we yeah. were crying. We were there. And then I loved it so much, too, that I got the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack that I had, I don't know if it's on the CD or not, but it was like back in the day where you would like Napster things. And yeah. so it was like clips from right. the movie. And the sound was the last song that she sings is there that a few gets of our, interrupted. Isn't it a few of our favorite things? No, that's she sings in the, in the in, prison. Right. But then she has this song that's called, oh. It's the last song, there's no oh, violence. Yeah. And she sings this song, and, just, and it, it gets interrupted. <gasps> and it's, it's mm. it still gives me chills talking about it. Yeah, it's like, bye, bye, bye. So Lars von Trier at his like, strongest, worst, and greatest yeah. in a way that Whoa, just man. really kills you. Heavy. Uh, cool. So, what's your favorite car? Well, I love the uh, <laughs> 1983 Chevy Corvette. <laughs> oh, well, like talking bro, about cars. Bro, don't get me started, man. I bro. mean, I just can't get my head around this new little cute Fiat. It's like a like that 500. Oh, the little Fiat. Fiat. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, 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 yes. It's yes, great. It's like so cute. Yeah, dude. I fucking like um. I got this fucking ride. You gotta check it out. It is the most adorable little fucking like Fiat. Oh my God, stop it! Love it. Little You're gonna stripe. love it. It's got a racing the stripe. accent stripe. <laughs> <laughs> my car has an accent stripe. It goes 40 miles per hour. That's how you know it goes fast. <laughs> See it stripe. Um, I like cars. I actually do. Do you? You're a car guy. I mean, I kind of fantasize about like certain cars that I would mm. get, but the uh, the like certain old cars that are so cool. El Caminos are super cool. The old El Camino. <laughs> yeah. um, I just fantasize about a time in my life where like I don't want to buy a fixed car because that seems like a cop out. 
but right. I definitely don't have the chops to do anything on a car. Right. So I fantasize about a time that like I have a big driveway and I have that project car and it's there and I like figure out how to fix and you it. Never and do I it. do. <laughs> and your like, kid takes it over one day. Yeah. They don't know what to do with it. But so uh favorite favorite car of um of memory is probably you know man, if I just I just look at cars in my mind and think, oh, I like that one. I like that one. That one. I don't really. I, I. I. I don't know. I used to have some favorite cars. I. Let's say if I were able to get a car that didn't have any problems and it would have been fine and and it would just like run and be great. Right. I loved like the Volvos from like 1984. Oh <laughs> like yeah. 1983. That's what did you have? Station you, wagon. I yeah. had a. So I had a 85. Uh-huh. And I think the 85 was one of these transition periods where they put more plasticky lights yeah. on the front. Yeah. And the ones before that had like more of those like pinhole lights. Yeah, or like this, we had the, one of those this, the nice that lights. my brother crashed. And I crashed mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they it's get them. a safe em. car, but That's why you get them for safe teenagers. Car. Oh, yeah. But it pains me to think it had back seats, you know, that you flip up and look out the back. Yeah. That's such a cool car. Yeah. Um, and it's like super solid metal. I have I have one car that I got from my grandparents that's still metal, but like nowadays cars are just made of whatever carbonite yeah. that just is like cool. It's great. It's light. <laughs> like I like the feeling of metal. Hell yeah! All right, uh, what are you doing that you wish you weren't? Whoa. Um, just like when I get stressed or like get too intense in my head and argue or things like that that I'm just like just like be be relaxed sometimes right that stuff you know that can like get to you I think for sure where I don't know I I I think what happens in LA is to me is there's constantly a state of like telling yourself to stay present where you are rather than like the things that are ahead or where you're trying to go with something. And that makes you like get nervous and preoccupied and like thinking about things. And then like with cell phones around, you're like distracted. And so it's sometimes hard to just like keep focused yeah. versus like we used to do these crazy residencies in Poland that were like in the forest in a farmhouse where you're just like exercising, training, creating. And you're like, there's no cell phone service. There's no, there's no phones, right. there's no internet. You're just there and the day routine starts to really make you so present. And like you still get stressed out, like normal things happen, but there's just this feeling of being present. So I guess it's like being distracted and getting stressed and overwhelmed because of that. Yeah, I think that's a common thread. It's It's easy to do. So let's take this moment to say, burn your cell phones, get off Facebook. I don't know. But listen know but listen to this it. first and subscribe and rate it. And just then get the then podcast. Do just get an MP3 player and load the podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. What uh what's your favorite sport to play? We're gonna promote this on Facebook, right? Yeah, we can do it. Okay, yeah. Um my favorite sport? Yeah, to play. Ooh, well, I do fantasize about like a good pickup soccer game. Yeah, I already wrote down your answer to soccer. I bet. 
I did play soccer for oh, a while. You know, it was one of those things where you play it and you don't like really appreciate how great it is because you're just playing it constantly. Right. You know, like you don't know not having it. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah. and it's great. You know, but like yeah. it's also I was a goalkeeper, so like there was stress in that where you're oh, like, sure. oh god, am I gonna fuck up today? Am, am I, I gonna like, get fucked up today? Am I gonna get a ball <laughs> passed back to me and like be yeah. looking where I'm gonna pass it to before I get the ball and it's gonna go under my foot into the goal and yeah. like ruin the game, which happened to me like sure. twice. Sure, it's a nightmare. And then you're also like you save the PK and like people dogpile on you. Yeah, you're a hero. And it's so it's great. I mean, I love I love High soccer. Highs and low lows. I love soccer, and I love that uh, just that presence that you get in playing a sport. You're just there. You're just responding. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, like if we can go, you know, bowling or play like those like sure. funny recreational games like golf and stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I like I like just getting getting out there and doing some stuff. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, um, structured I drive, sports. I drive soccer. by soccer, like what looks like pickup soccer, and I'm always like, I want to play. You do though, don't you get out? You I you play, play basketball, basketball, which is great. But yeah, not a lot of soccer. It's great. But I have my cleats. So I still have soccer cleats in my closet. I'm just like ready to bust out. We should go find a pickup game. I know. Or start one. And what a great thing that you just have that like that shot inside of you. You know how to make a great basketball shot. Yeah, like, all, you can as teach I get, that as too, I get kid. older that's about all I got hey I don't, that's difficult when I go play I'm just like total old white guy why game now where I just sit on the outside they're like it's my key I'm like yeah it's all your bro. yeah I don't want it sink it sink it <laughs> I'm I, my ankles hurt just watching Steve so. Kerr yeah <laughs> <laughs> Steve Kerr motherfucker that was me that was my name in basketball for years Steve Kerr motherfucker <laughs> you have motherfucker on the back of your jersey yeah that's Kerr right motherfucker yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't get a jersey I'm not on the team <laughs> uh all right. What's your favorite country other than the U.S. of A.? Ooh, countries are fun. I mean, that's true. I gotta give my love to Poland. I mean, yeah, boy. Poland definitely is a huge place in my life because I went there from like age twenty-three till I think the last time I was there really in like work mode was probably like twenty-eight or something. Yeah, I mean, those are pretty formative. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but then I um, and then I've gone back. I went back last summer and the summer before, which yeah. was so, so so great because you go back to the city and it's like the city is small that I was in in Bratislav, where it's got a beautiful central market square. So yeah. no matter where you live, you kind of have to cross through the market square, right? And you see people that you know and you recognize things and just like people are there and yeah. Yes, I'm fantasizing about a Poland that made me excited because I was young and traveling and right. had this freedom. Poland is also going through crazy stuff with their very conservative government and like right. limits on, I think um, there's been a lot of, I don't know what passed, but there were a lot of controversies on abortion. Yeah. It, abortion was illegal when I was there. Um, and then you have this crazy right wing that's rising up. But then, you know, it's Poland. Like, they have their history of being the, in the, the middle of all this stuff. I'd say it's also the world. Yeah. Like, there's a crazy right-wing world coming in West in, in the West, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, no, there's everywhere. a rise happening everywhere. Look at us. Yeah. And the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would be on airplanes coming back sometimes from Poland. I remember sitting next to this woman who was American, and she asked me where I lived or where I was coming from, and I said Poland. And she, being American and Jewish, I think, uh, I'm also Jewish, the first thing she talked about was like the anti-Semitism there. And it's like, you know, there's anti-Semitism everywhere. Right. Poland definitely played a role in a lot of what happened during World War II, but they were also put in the middle between Russia and Germany and a lot right. of Polish people were killed. And then there's just this reputation that people, like this fake kind of image of Poland being just like neo-Nazis with shaved heads. Right. And that's not it 
nearly at all. Um, and it's just a country that has its own baggage. And then, yeah. you know, Polish people are being completely prejudiced against in the UK and other places as immigrants because they're a really big immigrant population looking for opportunities abroad. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. I mean, I loved the food. I loved the culture. I loved the, the timing. There was an art festival like every weekend. There's a lot of support for the arts there. It was great. Yeah. It was great. But I don't want to sugarcoat it for someone who maybe is like, no. yeah, but I know that. Every place has their that. Sh- has their baggage. And, yeah. you know, I think it's it's also interpretation. And also, as an American, I'm like, who's not Jewish? I don't I don't know if I've ever associated Poland, aside from like knowing that, of course, there's like Auschwitz and stuff like that is in Poland. Yeah. I never I don't, I don't really have like a stereotype to pull from. Yeah, I think it's you know, really it's wrong. Like, I think that woman was totally off. Yeah, I just, you know, again, maybe if, if you are Jewish and know the history and older and like there might be different connotations. And right, your family As for like random, like no affiliation to my family religiously really. Yeah. It's kind of like Poland. Yeah, it just sounds like Poland. And yeah, I mean, in terms of the Jewish story, you know, there are countries and places that people were kicked out. I mean, as you know, most, most countries in the world have kicked out the Jews at some point. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it like... Has that you know Poland is just a recent memory. Yeah, right. Um, but the, also the winter times in Poland are super intense and cold, and it would just be like gray and white and yeah. dark at like four o'clock or three o'clock, and the trees don't have leaves and there are black crows everywhere. And that environment, you know, I'd have a bike. I had a bike for a while, and it was just like going through like icy cold, Death. miserable stuff. Yeah, and the creative inspiration that that gives you for me is just super rich cool. i love that i love just like having, I can to imagine be it having the opposite i can imagine that shutting people down it shuts you down in a way where you're like i gotta get out of this yeah. you know it's like i gotta figure out a fight way. or flight response or like like kind of like relish in it you know yeah. i love being a little anxious sweet <laughs> what's your favorite restaurant Ooh, well my wife and i got married in uh, a few different places because we had to get the green card going. There you go. Which is still a nightmare. Thank you, everyone there. But the um, we got married in Spain and we went to this restaurant called Montegudo, um, which I don't think I know how to spell for you. I'm a N T E G U R O. D O. Like Gudo with, I oh, think Gudo. it's like G U E D O, Montegudo, um, in Murcia. M-U-R-C-I-A. Okay. And that place, I think it might even have one Michelin star. Oh, there you go. Um, but it's like in Spain, in the countryside, underneath this big rock that kind of looks like a small version of the Brazilian statue with Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's off outside of the city of Murcia in the southeast of Spain. And the food is just so good. It's yeah. just like Spanish food is great. And then and there's a lot of famous Spanish chefs and I'm like, you know, between France and Spain, I think they have like the most Michelin stars. Yeah, and sounds right. The food is affordable and just taken with so much care. Yeah, and the experience of eating is also slow. You know, you come in, sit at the bar, have a beer, have some like almonds, and then you get sit at your table, or you have like some almonds in, in saladilla, which is like the best thing in the world. Which is literally just like Russian salad. It's just like potatoes, eggs, and mayonnaise. Oh, sick. But just like different versions <laughs> yeah, of that that they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. But in Spain, it's like, this is just a staple at the bar and you put it there. And I say Spain, you know, it's southeast of Spain. I'm not like a connoisseur of all Spanish food and I know that like regions sure. so for all your Spanish listeners. But the area that we were in, that, that ensaladilla of like cold mayonnaise, egg, salad with like either artichokes or like even they use like the uh, surami, whatever that, that fake crab. 
stuff uh-huh. or they'll use shrimp and it's just so good then you sit down at the at your table you have like white wine or red wine and this is lunch you know so you're gonna like you just drink throughout lunch you eat like crazy things beautiful delicious things throughout like small tapas and then you have a main course and then you have a dessert and you have a coffee and, and then, then you have like a little like shot of something <laughs> to digest and then you need a nap but that's that so is the best yeah that's awesome and you know the you know the price is not outrageous yeah so monteguro monteguro sweet what's your favorite time of day oh i love it when i do happen to wake up and like get outside when the sun is just rising uh but i don't necessarily like i, I also love, love a kid. waking up <laughs> and being like i can go back to sleep yeah <laughs> um but yeah i do i can get behind that time of day and then i can feel pretty productive otherwise if i'm up and i can still be up and it's like 12 or 1 i feel good Right. I like that. And I can like go outside at like 1 a.m. and kind of still be experiencing the world. But I really don't. I hate being awake past like two. Yeah. It's like dark. such a bad I feel feeling. Dark. Yeah, yeah. I hate that too. Yeah. And there are like people who are creative then. Yeah. It's night, night owls like that can do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I like whenever some of the darkest feelings I've ever had are like the times when I've seen the sun coming up. Yeah. In the morning and I've just because I've been up. Yeah. That is like a horrible. Like, oh, man. What have I done? Ruined my day. Yeah, I'm just screwed. Yeah, stayed out drinking with friends. Great. Totally. Great. Totally. Even like the romantic ideas are like, yeah, we were camping in Joshua Tree and we stayed up all night and we saw the sunrise. I'm like, God damn it. You're going to sleep yeah, through like whole day hot, through. like sweaty yeah, tent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's horrible. That's not good. Like, that's not good. Get out, be surviving yeah. in the heat as like Ugh. a human does. Rather than like go sitting in a yeah. tent like a drug addict. Yeah. I'd rather, yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> go to bed early and get up for the sunrise if you want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, well, you know, ice cream is good. There's a lot of That's great true. new ice That's creams. That's true. Like, ice cream's like TV right now. I mean, you go to the ice cream <laughs> aisle, and they're putting salt, turbine, chocolate, yeah. caramel, whatever combinations yeah. that I love. And, like, crazier things. Like, what Salt and Straw does is kind of out of this yeah, world. Yeah, there's a place, Jenny's. Have you been that one Mm-mm. in Los Feliz? Mm-mm. Where it's, like, goat cheese and bacon or something, yeah. and you're like, oh, it's, it's, um, it's and yeah. then you have it, and it's incredible. Exactly, like brie and olive oil. yeah ice cream ice cream yeah and it's like okay great it's delicious it's wonderful yeah. and i love all of that but i can't keep up with it so what, no. what can i say no i don't get ice cream enough i feel like a lot of things of like your favorite it's interesting i come back to like things probably previous to age 14 right when you know? these questions were the only things that matter and you do have to make determinations yeah. to kind of like figure out the world like yeah. this thing is my favorite yeah now as I get older, I'm like, that's good. That's good. I like that. Well, and like, and I've realized like that these are the types of things that you ask a kid anyway. Like yeah. my, well, I've asked my niece and I'd be like, what's your favorite color? Yeah. And oh, they, this. They what's come yours? To and I'm like, and I, so like you're saying, I just have like these preloaded answers from when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, like, do I like I that? Thought about it so much. Yeah. But I'm also like, if I say the color blue, I'm cool to like decide that everything's going to be blue in my life. Right. But I'm also like. So I'm okay with the idea of it being my favorite. Right. But if I think of like, well, I like the color gray, but do I want everything to be gray? Maybe not. Well, see, that's the thing is like, it's a, it's a weird question. Cause like what, like, and someone explained it who was on the, on the pod who was basically like, what is it? Like if it, it doesn't mean that you like have to wear the color, but it's just like, what does it make you feel? Like, do you yeah. feel good when, uh, when you feel like when you see it, when you think of it, like yeah. does it make you feel good and happy and warm or whatever? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, and in contrast to the colors around. 
as opposed to like and like I like I love blue. I like I don't wear blue. You know, that's I mean? fine. That's fine. I'm cool. Not, I'm not judging you. Thank you. I, felt I did like notice. I noticed it. No, I it. thought you noticed. I had to burn I a little incense to ground noticed. myself here. It's <laughs> like a I lot of colors felt, coming from you. I felt like you and noticed. And it's just giving me an energy. Your eyes said he's not wearing blue mm. when you got in here. But Clay's wearing a yellow and green shirt. He has so many different A's shirts. That's true. This and is Jose Canseco. This really brings out the green of his eyes. Aw. And Jose Canseco, if you're listening, tweet about it. Oh yeah, Jose Canseco. <laughs> God, please come on here. I'd tweet, love tweet, to have you tweet. on my podcast. Jose Canseco, that'd be it. I'd hang up. I'd hang up the Jose. headphones after that. Um, but the ice cream, I know from my childhood to go back in time. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ben and Jerry's made some crazy good stuff. Sure, they did. But Haagen Dazs had an ice cream at the Stanford Shopping Center called Midnight Cookies and Cream. Ooh. And it is what it sounds like. It's like chocolate cookies and cream with a little bit of like fudge swirled in it. So you have Oreo cookies, chocolate, and fudge. Sure. And that's just kind of like a delight. Say no more. Yeah. Sold. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's hard to find, actually. Like, I I go into Haagen-Dazs now to look for it, and they don't really have it. So... And you're like, no, then I'm not buying Help anything. Help me find it. <laughs> yeah, Hagen Dawes. If you're listening, Hagen Dawes. That's right. Or Mr. Someone Dawes. Else. But there's so much stuff out there. You just go to the Sprouts ice cream aisle, and it's like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, it's overwhelming. I can't. Yeah, exactly. I, I avoid those aisles. Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up, Anthony? When you were a tiny little Tony baloney running around? Mm, when I grew up, I think. There, I don't remember like that like childhood thing where it's like I want to be a dolphin or a fireman. <laughs> I just kind of remember. Dolphin. I think there was a point that I had to like change my path from thinking that I was going to be like a scientist. I thought I was, like I was going to be like a biologist or a scientist or a, okay. And then I was like, okay, what's realistic and makes Is a that lot of money? Your dad's like, like lawyer. Kinda, your dad, I know, like worked with stuff like that was that like following his path at all could be it could have been yeah. i think my dad and my mom because my mom works in education right like they used to just really encourage a lot of creativity or yeah. um figuring out how things worked yeah so i did a, i had a lot of like um my mom once came back from her school she worked at a preschool and i don't know i guess these were like too dangerous for the preschoolers or something but someone donated a bunch of old car radios you might remember this i had like a big trash bag full of car radios mm-hmm. unless my mom like stole that stuff but she came back from school one day with a bag of car yeah, radios a serial <laughs> so, so we had these car radios and car radios are like kind of built to like not be able to take apart because you're not you don't want to steal them or whatever right and but they had screws on them but i would just get tired of it and like start bashing them but i had this pile of like car radios that i would take apart and then i had all these weird wires and pieces that you could like put into different organizations that were like kind of scientific looking like they right. didn't function but i do remember like a motor do you remember motors not you would really t- take a motor out of something that was like this device that looked like a little cylinder and it had a thing that spins like a little plastic wheel that spins and that would be the teeth that would connect to whatever the thing is that would spin to gotcha and motors had the power source that they would connect to which would be two wires in whatever device they were in but if you took the motor out you could take those two wires and just attach them to a battery and it would spin Right. And that was like magic. Right, like, right, right, right. I could right, just right. take this one piece, connect it to a battery, and it moved. Right. So I did get in, like, I like being an inventor, but I never thought I was going to be inventing. But that's also from probably my dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that stuff. I love that idea of just, like, allow your kid, and I think it's, uh, what's his name? 
Neil deGrasse Tyson. I was in an interview where he was just like, if you're kid- on, the, on this podcast. No, I wish <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was in some interview and he was talking about how, if your kid like walks up to the toast toaster and is like, I want to take this apart. Like you say, yes, that's awesome. Like you take it apart That's and awesome. then you try to rebuild it. And then otherwise you replace the toaster if you need oh to, but like God. you let you like you let that, you follow that impulse. Like that's kids great. should be able to take that apart and look at see how a toaster functions and try to put it back together because that little moment like it had for you can like make you think like, Whoa, that's so everything, good. Like it's magic. That's so you know? good. Thank the, you, Neil. Yeah. He's the best. He's so and cool. he probably was like, okay, you unscrew the toaster, you take the bottom off, you do this. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I was just like in the garage, like bashing. bashing with a like, <laughs> and that's kind of where the like end a of guy, my Like a caveman. Career. Yeah. <laughs> You're a caveman with a rock. But I can be an artist and bash things on stage and, and it, it works. Art. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right, Anthony, what's your favorite cartoon? Oh, so this was like being held. And yeah, your dad exactly. was like, favorite movie, not cartoon? Right. Good work, Don. Yeah, because he well, knew you that. You know how to hold the serious ones. Cartoons, right? Um, you know what? what? Favorite cartoon. This is not what a kid would answer, but okay. well, you're an adult. I don't know. Yeah, this is what my <laughs> fourteen pot smoking year old self would have answered, and still does. The, <laughs> I mean, still answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the. Uh, animation film called fantastic planet did i watch that with you you must have it's this old french film that's an animation of like kind of like storybook style animations where things kind of move without that like smooth cool looney tunes look right and the music was like this wild french kind of like and it was so great yeah and so trippy and it was this planet in the future that aliens owned that was kind of like earth and humans were on it as pets and the aliens were these giant blue creatures blue humanoid looking creatures that were just like creating a society and they had their society and they had their rules and the humans were pets and then the humans started to like kind of like be a little difficult to tame and there were wild humans and there was sort of like this backlash against human occupation i think it's a comment on um colonialism and sure. pets sure i hear that but it's trippy as hell so get that yeah i also own that dvd these are these kind of things where you're like i gotta keep it even if i don't have a dvd player <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i have those i've just moved i have too many of those what's uh your favorite season uh b- baseball season yeah girl no, not, not really i never oh. played baseball Although I do love baseball now. I love watching baseball. I love watching the playoffs. I oh, yeah. don't care about the season. Yeah, I think that's about right. But the playoffs are so much fun. The best. And you really get into it. it so is. I kind of love that. Um, seasons are great, man. Can't can't choose one. I could sell them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the transitions, you know, there are things that are great about it and the things that, that suck. But because I'm a teacher, I can't help but love the transition of spring to summer. Yeah. Because you're yeah. free. Yeah. Like you finish the yeah. school year, you walk out of the school, spring is in full bloom kind of, summer's just approaching. And that is that's like Alice Cooper yeah, yeah, yeah. all over. Yeah. So let's do your favorite hobby, not sports. Okay. Favorite hobby, not sports. Um I think I feel really great when I pull it off that like I went on a good hike and even camped. Yeah. Like I don't do that often. Yeah. We got to do that with Carl. That is such a good feeling when you actually do it. Yeah. 
Carl's like the great outdoorsman, and yeah. he like love, well, we should all do that. We talked about that when we were in New York. Like we need to go, yeah, as a group, rock that style because it is the best. And you just go like three days to like close off yeah. either side of your life, yeah, and you just, and just do feel it. in a totally different world. And we did that. We did that great hike, mm-hmm. the Sykes hike in um, Big, Sur. Big Sur. Yeah, that was so that great. Was awesome. I mean, just like that arrival. Yeah, like mm. yeah, so cool. The hot springs, mm. very chill. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite monster? God, that's a good one because I must have an answer to it. <laughs> the favorite man, well, favorite monster. Does that mean the likable monster that you're cool with, or the monster that scares the jabezus out of you? Be either one, man. Uh, good monsters, good monsters out there. Y'all did a good job, mm-hmm. Hollywood and everyone else. But uh, okay, two. When I was a kid. E.T. got me. I know he's not a monster, everyone. He's an alien. No, he's just misunderstood. Answer, someone answered that. Uh, I don't know if it was Brigham last week or Natalie Gregory the week before, but E.T. was like, the answer. Because he was scary? Because they yeah, loved him? Yeah, both. When he jumps out of the bushes, terrifying. That's, that's the end. Yeah, it's you know? scary. It's scary, That's man. what I, like literally I was three, and I know not to do this to my kid, is I was watching with my parents. They thought it was cool. PG, Drew Barrymore's in it. They yeah. make a penis breath joke. It's great. <laughs> but then... The bushes come and E.T. goes Wah! out yeah. of the bushes and I bolted off my parents' lap, ran into my room screaming and crying. Yeah, sure. And for like five years, the image of E.T. haunted me in my nightmares. Yeah. And I'm a very nightmare prone or I was <laughs> yeah. a very nightmare yeah, prone yeah. little kid. So that yeah. really got me. And then fast forward, I still had a crazy nightmare when we went to CISA uh-huh. when we were in high school. We must have been 16. Yeah. And they told us those ghost stories. Oh yeah. So ghosts in general are another like crazy monster for yeah, me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, man. Ghosts, and it's all, and then and because something scares you, it can be your favorite. And it's fantasy, it. you know, yeah. like ghosts. I mean, what's crazy about ghosts is like people who I know and trust tell you ghost stories, right. just like That's straight like, you can't, up. No one can prove that they aren't. Yeah, yeah. That's the only of the mo- classic monsters that you're just like maybe. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's your uh, favorite music group or music artist or who are you listening to right now? Yeah, well, uh, I always used to like Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> Step inside the eye of your mind. Don't you know you might find a better place, place to, to play. play? Fuck you, Nigel. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> that was a great Sasha Baron Cohen interview <laughs> where he was talking about like trying to put Liam Gallagher yeah. like in a joke or Noel one of them yeah and he's at like an award show and he had never met it was one of them liam yeah let's say it's liam both, yeah i think they're both assholes. and and he's like because conan is asking him like you modeled that character the brothers whatever yeah. off of liam like the way he looks and they showed the pictures next to each other and they really do yeah but so anyway he's telling this story about going to this awards night meeting him and being like i'm gonna tell a joke about you like is that cool and liam's like quiet but like okay with it and then as he's like going he realizes that they he doesn't talk to his brother like they don't talk yeah and his friend or his wife Sasha Baron Cohen's wife was like do not talk about his brother because like Liam Gallagher is like prone prone to violence like he's a really yeah. violent guy yeah. so anyway he doesn't do the joke and he tells the rest of the story which is just like Gallagher being crazy but then I looked up interviews with Gallagher and it is insane this guy is like yeah. that it's crazy he's, he's so crazy. i didn't know any of that as a kid when we listened to oh him. no of course yeah that all came out later so, after they said they were better than the beatles right so oasis is kind of funny but yeah. uh real music group 
man, I can always like go back and listen to this like kind of like emo anarchist punk band against me. <laughs> against me, I got into them in college and I could just like play them in my car really loud and, yeah. and, and it transports you in a great way. <laughs> Love it. All right, who's your favorite teacher ever? Ooh, man, I had a great, great, great theater influence in college. Um, his name was Yuri Kordonsky, mm -hmm. and he now teaches at the Yale School of Drama directing program. He's the real deal. He was my Wesleyan theater director, teacher, and mentor, and he directed my solo performance that I toured with abroad. Yeah. So like, he really is such an important teacher for me. Um, he changed my life got me into Russian theater and just, he's Russian, he studied in Russia and right. his life just got me where I am. And then I had a really great um, philosophy teacher in college too, her name was Lori Gruen. And she was just such a beast of a brilliant woman philosopher, got me, changed my brain about so many concepts and also introduced me to like the logical thought process and making a coherent argument, which I was then shocked to have to deal with when I graduated college. I'm like wait, we actually don't really get to use this very yeah. much because no one wants to listen. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, no, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. And you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. So anyway, those two were like pivotal in college. Um, very cool. And then Mr. Roizen was great. <laughs> Mr. Roizen in high school. He was AP Mr. bio. Mr. Roizen, awesome. Leanne Cummings in fourth grade. I was lucky to have Stroob. great teachers. Stroob. Stroob was just like such a great challenge she, was, she really kicked ass mr wong i mean i feel really good oh and frank mora sure. frank mora the band teacher oh, sure. i mean these people it's so great to be a to be a strong teacher because mentorship from when your parents are not with you every time every moment of the day the mentorship of kids is just it changes you yeah that you like what you get from your oh, teachers yeah. it's a hugely important role in society and a good teacher is, is everything. Yeah. Never forget. So thank you, Don, for reminding us. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite teacher now? Um, who are you learning from? Who I'm learning from now. I got, you know, I have some, some directors, I guess, who I'm working with and, and they've challenged me in great ways. Um, mm -hmm. But the most recent one is this uh, dancer. Her name is Vivian Wood. And she used to dance and she does dance a lot with this company called Deviate. And Deviate really is like a huge influence for me. I love their work. And she just has this background in contemporary and ballet that really brings in a great precision and rigor that I don't have. And she challenges me in that way. And we've worked together a couple of times and we hope to see, keep working together on another project. Yeah. Um, but she's based in the UK. Um, and she's awesome. She's just hilarious. She's so down to earth. She's so like nonchalant. She's so non-pretentious. She's from Northeast England. If anyone sure, knows like the sure. Geordies, she has this like <laughs> cool, tough accent. And that's what's great about her as a ballet dancer that she just came from a different body type yeah. and a different approach. And she was super hardcore. Yeah. And um, she's awesome. I always love that question because I think you stop and you realize who is teaching you now. Like how you never stop learning. It's important. And I would like to add my wife. My wife, people probably say this, but it's true. My, my wife, uh, Hema Galliana, her and I run a theater company together and we've performed and collaborated together. And she's directed me and she's just, she comes from a different approach to things. And it's yeah. so great how thoughtful she is and how really brilliant she is in a way that's just 
sometimes it's so much more intuitive or visceral or connected than I'm thinking of. And we just, we learn so much from each other, I think. No, she's the best. She's so so thoughtful and uh, she just, yeah, she's, she's, she, her perspective is different. And I just, I love the two of you together, but I just love, I just love her to death. She challenges me all the time. And that's what you need that. I'm so glad we're staying in the room. You know, the point is just like stay in the room. Yeah. Even if you have to walk out in the moment. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. What's your favorite number? Number nine. What's no. your favorite college? <laughs> um, 14, 14, okay, 14. Okay, okay, okay. Favorite okay. college for what, like where I attended? I don't know. I don't know. Cal Arts where I teach. Yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, colleges are cool. Yeah. What's your favorite high school? <laughs> Ooh, fucking M.A. Pally, Pally. No, Pally. M.A., 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 M.A. Gun? <laughs> M.A., you know. All right, and last question, Anthony. You ready for this? Hit me with it. What's your favorite holiday? Ooh. Uh, for those of you who can't see, my head just exploded. That's my guts. The sound of my brain. We have dropped into the dark inner spaces of Anthony's bowels. It is a cold. Smelly. What was that? We've awakened. We've awakened the beast. Stay back. Stay back. No, no. Um, I really like Christmas. Christmas is great. Yeah, Oh, Thanks, God. man. We did it. Thank you so much. So we'll go and and I'll and uh, yeah, we'll tell everyone about it. It's Cinequest. It's in the Bay Area. Def. The dates are uh, March it's March ninth and tenth okay. and eleven. March ninth, tenth, eleventh, and fifteenth. I think so. March ninth, tenth, eleventh, and fifteenth. Yeah. It's a it's in a festival that's March fifth yeah. to the seventeenth. I'll put more about it, but um, yeah, come check it out. Come say hi. Come support it. I think it's got it's gonna have some really cool stuff. I love ours is called Your Friend. Mm-hmm. About, it runs about sixteen minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's part of Shorts Block number five or eight. Yeah, that sounds I don't remember. right. Yeah, um, I'll put all this information. Clay's out there. picture You'll know. is the picture for the program, <laughs> so you'd yeah. see that that's our program because Clay's face is there. Hell yeah! In a crazy CGI version, <laughs> um, and it's in Redwood City at the big movie theater, the Century Movie Theater. Yeah. So all of our friends from the Bay Area. Damien Johansson, come out and see our shit. For sure. Anything else, Tony? Anything you want to plug or promote or Just talk about? Just love. Just, Just love. Promote man. love. Just love, y'all. Get tear down the wall. Tear it down. For <laughs> love. Once. Tear love, it down and love, bring love everyone. On. We love you. Love you, buddy. See ya. Okay, so that was Anthony Nikolchev. I hope you guys liked listening as much as I liked recording. It's always awesome to have on somebody who you've known so well, um, or at least that I've known so well, and be able to learn more about him. Um, that's why I like doing this podcast. Um, again, we're sponsored. You got an app idea? You have, oh, you've got that billion-dollar idea you've been sitting on, but you don't know how to make it a reality? Do you get drunk at the bar and then tell everyone about your new dating app in which you take people out and you pet animals and you also adopt 
animals that need to be adopted while going on a date, and it's called Adopt-A-Date, you should make that made. All you have to do is use this product, yourv1.com. It's an app-building site. Someone will help you do it. Uh, Y-O-U-R, the letter V-O-N-E.com, yourv1, for all your app-building needs. How good was that? Um... Of course, always, you guys. Oh, as far as the film, but Anthony was here to plug. Um, our film, Your Friend, will be playing at CineQuest in the Bay Area. If you live in the Bay Area and if you would like to see some uh, cool films, there's, there's an awesome short film festival going on over there. It's called CineQuest. You can find all that information at CineQuest.org, C-I-N-E-Q-U-E-S-T, Org. Um, it's going to be from March 5th through the 17th, so uh, please check it out. Uh, as always, guys, uh, subscribe, rate, review this podcast. You Please send me questions, clay at yellowpodsessions.com. Guys, I got a couple questions from you guys. I'm going to be using them next week. They're cool. Um, but yeah, as always, tell a friend, share it. Let everyone know about this podcast because I want to keep doing it. Um, But other than that, you guys, thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.